Hey, and welcome to the only no-filter career podcast with the Straight Shooter Recruiter. Me, I'm Emily, and I've been an early talent recruiter for about the last four years, and I'm obsessed with giving students and new graduates a really honest look at how they can take their career to the next level. So if you're looking for honest and raw feedback about everything from resumes to interviews, then you're probably in the right place. For this first episode, I was thinking really hard about what topic I should cover. So I decided to start with the topic that I get the most questions about. And it also happens to be the topic that I knew least about when I was still in school. Before I started to work in recruiting in 2016, I really didn't put much thought into my resume. I slapped together my work experience, threw in a couple of buzzwords like leadership, agile, punctual. I also think my resume was two or three pages long, which was crazy for the amount of experience that I had. So if you haven't guessed it, today's topic is resumes. And honestly, I could spend hours talking about resumes. I nerd out over them. I think they're the most fun thing to put together but I'll spare you. I'll just give you the stuff you need to know. So I'm first going to start off by covering the most common mistakes that I see on resumes and some, you know, tips and tricks that I find uh, can really help improve your resume and increase your chances of it, you know, getting you an interview or at least getting you a foot in the door. I do want to take a second, though, to set some expectations. The first thing I want to say is these opinions are completely my own. They're not right. They're not wrong. They're just my opinions. And they also don't reflect the opinions of my employers or my previous employers, if you've given my LinkedIn a good creep um, before you started listening. The second thing I wanted to you know, start off by saying is actually a fun fact. So the average recruiter only looks at your resume for about six seconds. Six seconds. That is not a lot of time. So we really want to make sure that your resume makes a big bang with those six seconds that you have and that your amazing work experience is not getting lost within those few seconds. So the three major areas that I find the most mistakes to be made in are number one, the length of your resume, number two, the design of your resume, and number three, the content. You're probably listening to this saying, yeah, no wonder those are the three things that people make mistakes on. Those are literally the three things that make up a resume. But bear with me. I promise I'll give you some good tips. We're going to start with length. Your resume as a student or new grad. So when I say student or new grad, I mean you're in high school, college, university. Um, Often exceptions to this rule should be made if you are a PhD or a little bit more senior. Um, your resume should not exceed a page until you have you know, sufficient research you need to post on your resume or you're in you know, more senior areas of your career. Um, my resume is only one page long, so I've actually omitted some things that I've done because it doesn't fit on the one page. Why does this matter? It matters because recruiters are only looking at your resume for six seconds. And if they're looking for really important work experience or really relevant projects that you've worked on, and they need to scroll through a short novella of all of the things you've ever done in your life, chances are your resume is not going to help you get that job. So the second area that I see the most errors being made in terms of your resume is the design. You don't need to be a graphic designer to have a really clean and sharp looking resume. What I do want to call out, though, is not every industry expects the exact same resume template. And what I mean by that is if you are listening to this and you're studying finance or you're looking to get into a role in finance, 
you should not be having clip art and really bright colors and Comic Sans font on your resume. The expectation is that your resume is really clean and really simple. Um, So for folks in finance and accounting, minimal is better. Um, A great resume template, if you are in the world of finance, is the template that Western University uses in Ontario. I would give their resume template a Google, um, as well as Queen's. Queen's has a great resume template as well. So I would definitely recommend checking those out. But for my friends who are in, and I'm using air quotes, um, more fun industries, so um, you know, marketing, HR, general business, technology, you actually have a great opportunity to have a lot of fun with your resume. Again, you don't need to be a graphic designer. There are so many amazing resume template resources out there. I would definitely recommend uh, checking out Canva, C-A-N-V-A. It's a great online tool that has a whole bunch of different um, online templates as well as templates for resumes. Um, So those are some things you can do. Um, Here are some things you should not be doing when it comes to the design of your resume. Like I said, you only have one page to work with. So your title or your header font for your name should not be taking up half of the page. I see this happen all the time. Don't do this. Um, So I would say being realistic about the size of your font for certain things is really important. Um, I would also just say keep it simple. Even if you want to have a really fun um, resume template that has different colors or images or icons available, Less is more when it comes to resumes. And the reason I say that is if your recruiter is only looking at your resume for six seconds, but visually there's a whole lot going on, it's going to be really difficult for them to find the content they're looking for. And chances are that means your resume is going to get thrown out or is not going to be considered. So still keep it simple. And while you're looking at these designs, whether you're perusing the internet or putting something together yourself, here are some things to hardcore avoid really bright colors. Um, I'm totally fine with you doing like a navy blue or a deep green um, or a really deep purple or gray. Those are totally appropriate. If you hand to me like a fiery red or bright yellow resume, no chance that one's moving through. It's way too um, difficult to read. It's really aggressive and it takes away from the actual content of your resume. Um, Another thing that I see a lot on resumes is really ridiculous fonts. Like Comic Sans or Cursive and all of these absolutely like grade six art class fonts, cut it out. Keep it really simple. Go for classic fonts. I don't even care if you're going to use Times New Roman. I would rather you do that than like Comic Sans. So keep your design simple, clean. And if you want to have a little bit of fun in terms of creativity, just pick a really kind of crisp, simple template and just input some nice colors, some crisp colors in there, but nothing, you know, over the top that would distract from the content. And the third and final thing that I see the most commonly made mistakes when it comes to resumes is actually on the content of the resume, so what you're writing. And arguably, this is the most important part because let's say your resume is one page, so it's easy to digest for your recruiter. That's great. Let's say you've picked a really clean, industry-appropriate design or template for your resume. That makes it really easy for the recruiter to read. So part three is the recruiter actually going through and deciding if you have the skills and experience that will make you an asset for the team. So the three biggest content mistakes that I see are A, you aren't actually describing any of the work that you did. B, you aren't telling me your impact. And C, you can't let stuff go. So I'm going to start with A, you aren't describing what you did. 
So in every single experience that you've had, whether it's projects, school experience, work experience, it's really important that you get into the nitty gritty and the details of what you did. So for example, it is not enough to say that you compiled data or you compiled spreadsheets for a team, you know, over the course of your internship. You should actually get specific enough to say what kind of data you pulled. What did you do with that data? Did you create pivot tables? Did you leverage VLOOKUPs? I want to hear the specifics of what you actually did in order to achieve that goal. So it's not enough to say, oh, I pulled their data or, oh, I conducted interviews. I want to hear the details of what you did to understand what your skill set is. The second thing is, I really want to know how much impact you had. And as well, I want to know the volume of the work that you did. And how do you do that? With numbers. Um, And when I say numbers, I don't want you to spell out the numbers. I actually want you to type the old school number two or the number 10 when you're writing this out. So how you can implement using more numbers on your resume is really easy. So as you're, you know, working on expanding what your description was for what you did um, at work, so going back to our previous example, that you pulled data for a team, you should say, I pulled 100 data reports over the course of two months for the finance team by doing XYZ. Throwing numbers into your description helps me understand the volume at which you worked, because there's a big difference between doing something once and doing something 100 times. But it can also help me understand your impact. So if you do have the opportunity to share metrics on how your involvement in a project improved, whatever it might be, efficiency or productivity or sales, include those numbers. So if the you know Excel sheet that you put together improved productivity by 10% and reduced uh, manual time spent in Excel by 30%, make sure you put that in, uh, in your resume. I would always recommend having at least one or two examples of numbers for every single um, job that you have listed on your resume. So make sure you have at least one data point, whether it's outcome, um, so going back to how much you've improved something, or if it's volume, so telling me how much you actually did. Um, Another reason I love resumes on not resumes. Another reason that I love numbers on the resume is because it actually breaks up your resume when someone is looking at it. So um, I'll scan your resume with that six second window. I'll see the number two on a couple of points or I'll see the number seven. My eye naturally will go there and I'll start to read that sentence. So it actually helps me digest some of the information as your recruiter that you've put on your resume. The third mistake that I see when it comes to content is that you can't let it go. If you are in university or have recently graduated university, I don't care when you graduated high school. I don't care that you were student council president. I don't care that you were in the play every year. Um, I can say those examples because I was on both of those things in high school. Um, But once you've kind of surpassed the high school point of time, so I would say second year or third year in university and beyond, you need to delete um, all of the high school and elementary school related content on your resume. It's not relevant anymore. Um, If there is a part-time job that you've kept from high school and you still have it to today, 100%, you can put that on your resume. But you really need to cut out the stuff that doesn't serve the job you're applying for. Um, You know, being on four or five different councils in high school, honestly, was great for the time. But if that's the majority of the content on your resume today, that's not telling your recruiter enough about what you're capable of in this moment. Really, it's um, far too reliant on what you did in the past. 
All right. And now we're moving on to my favorite part, which is going to be answering your most commonly asked questions. So question number one, I've never had a real job before, not an internship, co-op, or even a part-time job. How can I show that I have experience? This is a question that I get all the time. And my response is always the same. Every single thing that you have done in your life is experience, whether it's volunteer projects you've done, clubs you've been on, um, even if it has been a part-time job that you had throughout school, uh, high school, or university, those are all relevant work experiences. It's all about how you can sell them. I'm using air quotes. You can't see them, Um, but it's all about how you can sell your experience. So for example, if you're applying for a job that will require leadership and hint, hint, nudge, nudge, every single job is going to want you to be a good leader. You might have experience in leadership through working at the mall over the course of the summer or through, you know, working at a daycare during the summer or during your school. It's all about how you can sell your experience. So even if you haven't had a co-op or internship experience, if you have done anything paid or unpaid that has trained you in some kind of way that you've picked up skills from, you can put that on your resume as long as it's thoughtful and timely. So like I said, you know, your first part-time job when you were 14 probably not that relevant as you're starting to apply for your first full-time job. Second question is, I don't know how to cut down my resume. It's three pages and I don't know what to trim. Really good question. Um, And I'm happy that we have accepted that three-page resumes are no longer a thing. Um, The things that I usually recommend cutting down the most, and it's hard to see without actually referencing your resume, but the professional summaries, so those little blurbs at the top of your resume that explain what your objectives are and give a bit of a summary of your experience, honestly, delete those. Um, If your resume is well-written, you don't need a summary at the top. So cut that out. That should save you a few lines. I also recommend um, deleting listing all of the courses you've taken. So a lot of people who are still in school will list all of the subjects that they've taken, which in theory is great because it shows, you know, what courses you've had exposure to. But honestly, don't list more than maybe three to four courses. Most recruiters, especially student-specific recruiters, know what classes um, are being taught in majority of the programs. So list a couple that you would say you're really great at, but you should not have a laundry list of all the classes you take. Third question is, do recruiters even read resumes anymore? Aren't they using screening technology? Great question. Um, This is really company specific. I would say overall, a lot of companies have the ability to use automatic screening tools um, to auto-filter out resumes based on keywords. A lot of companies don't have that. Um, I know for me personally, I manually read all of my resumes. I just um, trust myself more than anything when it comes to screening. Um, But what I would say is don't let that freak you out. Don't feel like you need to have buzzwords in your resume in order for it to be picked up by that technology. Just make sure that your resume is truly and authentically reflective of your experience. And that's really the best that you can do. Fourth question is, should I list personal projects? Yeah, go for it. Like I said, all experience is good experience. If you have a relevant personal project that you've worked on, perhaps even a subject you've taken or an online course you've taken, definitely list those on your resume. Your goal for your resume is to paint a really clear picture of why you're skilled and why you're passionate in your field. So if you're going above and beyond in taking extra courses, reading extra books, doing personal projects, that's what recruiters want to see. They want to hire passionate people who also have some pretty strong experience. 
Fifth question, should I list my hobbies? Yeah, go for it. Um, I don't think there's any harm. If you have room on your resume, you can add a line or two, um, whether it's if you do choose to have a professional summary, um, which again, are not my favorite, but if you like to have them, you can put your hobbies in there. Um, Or you can have an additional skills and experience section where you could list a couple of your hobbies. Um, I personally have that on my resume uh, and I include some of my hobbies um, on there which I think is a great conversation starter as well. If you're in an interview, uh, someone can just take a peek at your experience and say, oh, you're a stamp collector. Let's talk about stamps. <laughs> and then my last question that I got is, is it okay to use a template? What if a bunch of other people also use that template? Great question. Honestly, nobody cares. Um, at least I don't. As long as your resume is clean, I don't care if I've seen that template before. If your resume is well-written, the template's easy to follow. I'm not expecting you to be a graphic designer. Unless you're literally applying for a graphic design job, then yeah, dude, you need to make your own resume. Um, But anything outside of the scope of visual design, a template is totally fine. The purpose of it is just to be clean and simple. So congrats. You survived the very first episode of the Straight Shooter Recruiter. I appreciate you sticking with me for the last few minutes. If you feel like your question wasn't answered in today's episode, feel free to submit your questions in the link down below. It'll take you right to the Facebook page so you can submit your questions. I can answer them there or I'll also answer them in an upcoming episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, share, do all of the things you're supposed to do. And I will talk to you guys next week.